Israel has been in great turmoil the last few years. The nation just completed its fifth election in three and a half years. The surprising results of this election will bring some big changes. What can we expect to happen in the days to come? That's our focus in this episode of Foreshadows Report. This is Steve Miller. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we learn how we can keep watch and find hope as we grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy. In this episode, we're going to look at four takeaways from the election that took place last week in Israel. That's four key changes that are very likely to take place in the days ahead. Because the things that happen in Israel have such a great impact on other developments around the world, it's always helpful to understand what is happening there and why. Last week, the big news out of Israel was that Benjamin Netanyahu is Prime Minister once again. Netanyahu's party joined forces with a few other parties that were willing to form a coalition with him. Together, these parties were able to secure enough votes to win the election. Again, this is the fifth election that Israel has had in the last three and a half years. The reason for this latest election is that in the previous one, the winners were able to achieve only a very thin majority in the Israeli parliament. The parliament has 120 members. Whoever is able to bring together half of that number, plus one, or 61 members, will have a majority. But the last election was won with only 61 seats which means that if just one person defects to the opposition side, there is no longer a majority. That's what happened most recently, which made it necessary for the people of Israel to go back to the polls again. This time, the election had a much stronger turnout, the biggest in the last seven years. Evidently, the voters were tired of fractured coalitions and they decided to trust Netanyahu's party and the other parties who were willing to work with him. Because Netanyahu won 64 seats, he can lose two or three members and still have a majority. So for now, it looks like a prime minister will be able to stay for a full term, and there won't be any need for another election anytime soon. So what are the takeaways from this election? What changes can we expect to take place? First, let's set some context. Over the past year, Israel has had two prime ministers, Bennett and Lapid. Bennett's government fell apart a few months ago when a member of his coalition joined the opposition party and he no longer had a majority. His government had to be dissolved and Bennett stepped down. Since July, Israel has had what's called a caretaker prime minister, someone who functions as prime minister until the election, and Lapid has been that caretaker. The way that Bennett Lapid ran the country ended up dividing it more. In this election, 
those who were rejecting what these two prime ministers had done showed up in larger number, and this helped Netanyahu to win. So that we can better understand the takeaways, I am going to look at how Bennett and Lapid handled four situations and contrast those with how Netanyahu would have handled them. This will help us to arrive at our four takeaways. First, for more than a year, the U.S. has been negotiating with Iran for a new nuclear deal. The U.S. and Europe have put strong pressure on Israel to get a deal signed, even if it means appeasing Iran. Bennett and Lapid opposed the direction that the negotiations were going. But at the same time, while Bennett and Lapid were in charge, Iran got away with a lot of things that they shouldn't have. They were able to increase their uranium enrichment level. They upgraded their nuclear facilities. And they have been more defiant against the International Atomic Energy Agency. They've turned off many of the agency's surveillance cameras inside their nuclear facility, and they have demanded that the agency stop all investigations into their violation of the previous nuclear deal. Would Iran have gotten away with so much if Netanyahu had been in charge? Netanyahu has a track record of being a lot more vocal about the dangers posed by Iran, and he has worked harder to get the international community to put pressure on Iran. Netanyahu's very strong stance on Iran is likely to get better results for the security of Israel as well as the international community. So takeaway one is that Netanyahu will hold Iran to greater accountability. Second, last spring and summer, there was a major increase in Palestinian violence against Israel. There were repeated Palestinian riots on the Temple Mount and hundreds of rockets fired from the Gaza Strip into Israel. The violence went on for weeks and a lot of people felt that Prime Minister Bennett did not push back strongly enough against the Palestinian uprisings. In contrast, Netanyahu has always been very strong on Israel's security. His tendency is to push back both carefully and quickly. He is well known for his strict policies in favor of Israel's protection. And in last week's election, voters were showing their support for those policies. What's interesting is that even non-Jewish voters who live near Israel's borders with Lebanon and Syria tend to favor Netanyahu. They know very well how dangerous the enemies are on the other side of the border. So these non-Jewish voters who want peace generally tend to favor Netanyahu. So takeaway two, then, is stronger security internally for Israel. Third, Israel is now starting to extract natural gas from underwater gas fields in the Mediterranean. Before Israel started drilling, Hezbollah terrorists in Lebanon threatened that if Israel started drilling, they would bomb the gas rigs. On top of that, the Lebanese government challenged Israel's maritime border. Lebanon wanted a cut of the profits that rightly belonged to Israel. The threats from Hezbollah and Lebanon put Israel in a bind. The two countries began negotiations that would determine the maritime border and who got what profits from the gas drilling. 
the U.S. headed up the negotiation. And of course, the U.S. pressured Israel to make major concessions in favor of Lebanon, which were ultimately concessions to Hezbollah as well. And the agreement was largely one-sided in Lebanon's favor. Prime Minister Lapid went ahead and signed the agreement anyway. This, in spite of the fact that Israel and Lebanon are still at war with each other. When the agreement was signed, the delegates from both sides did not meet in the same room. A lot of the people in Israel were upset with Lapid. They believe he wanted to avoid a confrontation with Hezbollah. The agreement made Israel look weak. Keep in mind that Hezbollah is a terrorist proxy backed by Iran. Some of the more moderate Arab nations that do not get along with Iran viewed Israel as giving in to terrorists, and this would give these moderate Arab countries reason for concern. Netanyahu said that the deal was illegal, and one of his election promises was that he would neutralize the agreement. He didn't specify exactly what he meant by that, but it is clear that he would have taken a much stronger stance. He would have made sure that the deal wasn't so one-sided and that it gave so many concessions that ended up weakening Israel's security as well as its stature among the Arab nations that signed the Abraham Accords with Israel. So takeaway three is stronger external security for Israel. The previous two prime ministers were too willing to appease and give in to their enemy. Netanyahu is a security hawk, and he knows where to draw the line when it comes to dealing with enemies. Fourth, here is what I believe is one of the most important distinctions. Bennett and Lapid's style of governance can be summed up this way. Israel is a democracy of different people groups, Jews, Arabs and others, but at the expense of Israel's core identity as a Jewish nation. In contrast, Netanyahu's style of governance can be summed up this way. Israel is a democracy of different people groups, Jews, Arabs, and others, but not at the expense of Israel's core identity as a Jewish nation. While Israel is a melting pot of different peoples, and while it has gladly permitted Arabs and other non-Jews to live within the country and even to serve in the government and military, ultimately, it is a Jewish nation. It is a Jewish homeland. Netanyahu has not lost sight of that. The rest of the world seems to have forgotten that. While the nation has gladly welcomed outsiders, it should not do so at the expense of the Jewish people themselves. So our fourth takeaway is that Netanyahu will be more diligent about preserving Israel's identity as a Jewish nation. He will ensure that even as outsiders are welcomed, the Jewish voice won't get lost in the nation's politics and in the nation's dealings with other countries. Those are our four takeaways. Netanyahu will hold Iran to greater accountability. He will bring greater security to Israel internally when it comes to conflicts with the Palestinians and terrorist groups. He will bring greater security to Israel externally 
When it comes to dealing with countries like Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, Iran, and Russia, and he will protect Israel's identity as a Jewish nation and homeland. The election was a choice between a weaker Israel that concedes to its enemies or a stronger Israel that knows where to draw the line and take a stand for the safety and prosperity of the Jewish nation. While this change of direction is good news, we should be as diligent as ever in our prayers for Israel. There is still a lot of division in the country. Pray for Israel's government leaders, for the Jewish people, and especially for the spread of the gospel to all, both Jews and non-Jews. On a day-to-day level, we do not know what the future holds for Israel, but we do know that God is in control and that he loves his chosen people and that we should too. Thank you for joining me for Foreshadowed's Report. You may have heard it said that if you want to know how close we are to the end time, just watch what's happening in Israel. So it's good for us to pay attention to the news coming out of Israel. That is why every now and then I will continue to do updates on Israel on this podcast. If you've enjoyed the news and Bible teaching on these podcasts, I hope you'll share about them with others. All of my episodes can be found at my website, stevemillerresources.com. That's stevemillerresources.com. And if you want to receive my daily news updates, go to Telegram Messenger Channel and look for Foreshadows Report. Finally, I want to express my gratitude to Harvest House Publishers for making this podcast possible. And thank you again for joining me today.